0: This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
1: Team you hate playing again? Yeah, uh, yeah I guess fucking Ottawa. I guess. <laughs> We're a team. Are live with a brand new episode of the Sends Hour podcast. We are sponsored and powered by Customized Sports, your one stop shop for all your custom jersey needs. If you haven't noticed, we have a contest going on through Customized Sports. You can win a Thomas Shabbat or a Brady Kachuk uh, jersey kit for the ones who have the new home uh, Senators jersey. And don't worry, uh, we will have a contest going on in December that will feature. The Ottawa Retro Reverse Jersey, it's Shane, alongside we got Derek, and today's episode we are going to talk Reverse Retros, I think that's going to be a common theme over most hockey podcasts and hockey shows. Uh, we're going to talk about Robbie Irventi, because we can't go an episode without him being mentioned. Um, we got Ridley Craig uh, news on the on the back burner, uh, we got our over-under, and men- much more going on in this episode. Derek, how you doing though today?
0: Yeah, I'm doing good. I had a day off, so just a chance to uh, tidy up the house and get the Christmas decorations out and ready to go. So uh, good day overall. How about you?
1: Uh, not bad. I worked uh, only worked like four and a half hours, so it's been a relatively like nonchalant day. Got to do this. Uh, got some cleaning to do myself afterwards. But you know, let's jump right into it. We have the reverse retro jerseys out and published. Overall, I think the NHL did well. The NHL and Adidas did well. Um, But before we jump into who's our favorite and whatnot, we got to talk about the Senators. And I'm not going to lie, I am relatively impressed with how clean it looks uh, considering, you know, they kind of went basic, but, you know, simple, simple worked.
0: Yeah, it looks nice. Like you said, it's it's something that I think a lot of fans would wear. Um, I would have no problem wearing that thing. Uh, I think it looks good. It's bold. Um, You know, it's bright. Um, I like the subtle changes that they made. Like I like, they introduced the glitter gold back. Um, They went with a red Cape over the gold Cape for the red uh, Jersey. And then they moved the black line up a little bit. So the bottom of the Jersey, the black kind of bold line at the bottom isn't right at the bottom. They just slid it up a little bit. Uh, And Mm -hmm. I think that is a nice element too.
1: Yeah, going back to really what the reverse like what the the jersey looked like. I think if you ask a lot of people, they were expecting that kind of red line on the black jersey when uh, when it was announced that we were going to be going back to the two D logo in you know October. Yeah,
0: that, and I think uh, more so on the white jersey where they moved the black. They moved on from the all black sleeve. or the sleeve that kind of carries over kind of halfway and goes right up to the cuff. Um, so that was kind of the biggest surprise for me with the when they uh when they showed the original uh or they showed this version of the 2D jersey. Um, but the red looks good, like it looks solid. Um, I think it's kind of what we were expecting. You know, they they came out with a 2D red. Uh, some people have reached out to me and are disappointed that they didn't go with the O, but um. As we've talked about before, uh, I think the reverse retro is more of a one-off. So um, there's still plenty of opportunity to introduce something new as as a permanent alternative, perhaps next year.
1: Yeah, and I mean here here's the jersey. If you for some reason haven't seen it yet, uh, personally, I I don't think this is going to be a one-off for for the Sens at least. I think that we could see this as like a permanent third jersey. You know, I think there's a lot of teams that we could see it be a permanent third Jersey. Obviously. I think there's some like Boston, probably not. Um, Arizona. I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes a primary third Jersey. They introduce the white Kachina next season. That wouldn't be surprising. Anaheim's the same way. Maybe they keep the wild wing a team like Toronto or Detroit or <laughs> Winnipeg. Probably not. Maybe even Tampa, but I think, you know, Montreal's, you know, I know we're a sensual, but Montreal's I'm not going to lie. It looks really nice. Like yeah. I like I like that blue. Just the blue red. I don't know, it just looks really nice.
0: It's something a little bit different from Montreal and I think um you know that's a bit of a surprise cuz some of those the original 6 teams um had a bit of a disadvantage when they were making these cuz they can't really do too much in terms of creativity that some of the other teams can do and I think we could all take a second to laugh at what Detroit did. I don't know if, if you think the same way but uh yeah, basically a practice jersey. I don't
1: know. Yeah, I mean I, I hate it. I think they could have done more. Um, you know, one of the guys in the network, Dave, he's part of the uh the Vegas nightly podcast covering the the golden knights, he tweeted out a picture of the white uh white jersey that had like the red stripes that just had Detroit on it. And he's like, Yo, if you just reverse that and it's red and white, it looks so much cleaner. I agree. There's actually one on Twitter, um, see if I can find it again, but there was one on Twitter. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, oh man. Basically from the guys who do the Red Wings podcast, brothers of discussion, Red uh, Red Wings rant. Uh, basically it was a, a version of the Detroit Falcons jersey. Oh yeah. That would be sharp. Um, it was done by uh, Lucas Dachman, part of uh, Militia Hockey. Uh, I'm going to bring it up real quick on here, but Honestly, it looks it looks good.
0: I think anything would look better than what they put out.
1: I mean, to me, that
0: has to be that, and the Islanders has to be thirty-one. Like that has to be the worst jersey of all of them. The Islanders See, I, like
1: I don't mind the Islanders. I comparatively comparatively to like Winnipeg, Winnipeg's looks god awful. I hate the gray. I hate the oh, the way it right. looks. Toronto's is just oh, yeah. Uh, what what are you doing? Why are you adding gray to a jersey? And and that logo on the Leafs? Oh my god! It looks so huge. bad. It's so big. It's, it's big. It looks like it looks like a four year old drew it.
0: Like yeah, it's brutal. Uh,
1: but this is the uh, the Lucas oh. Dockman oh, concept oh from uh, militia Michelin, uh, militia collab militia hockey uh, Detroit Falcons. Personally, I love it. I think it looks great. The gold, uh, the silver wing. I personally love that.
0: No, that's fantastic. I mean that, that is a hundred million times better than the trash that they put out.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, I mean personally, I think, you know, there's a Minnesota's pisses me off the most with the yellow. Why is it the why is it the why is it the logo? Why is it the Minnesota? Like, why do not you do use a stylized M? If you're gonna do, North you start, know, a, a North Stars colorway, why don't you do a stylized M? You know, Quebec, the realistically. The Colorado Quebec jerseys, really nice. I I personally love them. I love the fact that, like, their colors are still relatively the same. The Mm -hmm. red's obviously different, but it looks so nice. I think the Central Division has the worst jerseys out of them all.
0: Yeah, maybe overall, eh? They they are pretty – there's some ugly, like, there's some hard misses. I like the Wild. Like, I actually like what they did. I had them ranked higher up. I'm actually in the process of writing a piece – uh, reviewing all of these jerseys and kind of ranking them um i liked the wild but i did see some people like remixed uh the jersey and put like the subway logo across the chest and then i was like oh yeah it does kind of look like subway
1: <laughs> yeah i uh i i agree with that um personally though my, like i love blasty not going to lie that blasty jersey beautiful so i was kind of worried they weren't going to do it because they were showing the black and I was a little bit worried that you know they would have done another jersey during that era but they came out with blasty and I'm super excited. I love it. The new the, the jersey New Jersey Devil's Christmas jersey.
0: <laughs> yeah the green.
1: Oh man I love it. I, I love yeah, that's it.
0: Hate it or love it. That one right there. You're gonna either I hate, hate it, it, it or you're
1: gonna love it. See I've always loved that style like those colors. The red, green and white love it.
0: Yeah, it's a classic look. I like that jersey too. I had that ranked up there. I'm I'm not sure exactly where I had it on my list, but uh, but it was up there for sure. It's a it's a nice look.
1: Yeah, Uh, personally, what what do you think of uh, LA's number Gretzky era logo with the Marcel Dion uh, Dion Marcel whatever, (laughs) um, jersey colors like those purple and gold with a Gretzky era logo. You know that
0: you know that Snoop Dogg is going to come out repping that thing. I mean, that is an unbelievable jersey. I just I think it's the best one of all of them. I have it ranked number one. At first, I had St. Louis because I just I just love that red and blue look. Um, But but that one, when I seen that jersey, my jaw hit the floor. I mean, that jersey is sick.
1: A hundred percent. I think so. My so for me, my 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 worst five are Detroit. Toronto, Nashville, Winnipeg. And honestly, the, the fifth one was kind of a toss-up, but I have to say Vegas. I really don't like Vegas's jersey. I understand what they were trying to do. Just I don't understand the point of the red. Like I really don't. Where where's the red coming from? I know they're supposed to honor like the their the old uh, Las Vegas Thunder, but their colors were like blue and, and white and like they were like a teal color. I don't see where the red's coming from.
0: Yeah, I'm going back to my list here to because I did make a full list. I have 31 teams here for my write-up that I was doing. Um, so my bottom five, Detroit 31. I have the Islanders. Um, I think I mentioned it earlier. I like the look. Like the jersey isn't ugly. It looks great. The, the problem I have with it is they had a layup sitting there for them with the Fisherman logo and those retro colors, and they just didn't go for it. They just gave them basically the jersey they have now with a darker blue. So I was furious. And I think if you read, like, the fans' comments on it, they're furious too. Um, Chicago, I have them, again, don't hate the look. But the fact that they posted the pictures with the guy turned backwards, with the model turned backwards, I mean, if you're ashamed of your name, then change it. (laughs) Otherwise don't hide from it. You know, like they're, they're turned backwards. Toronto was trash. That's uh that's my fourth worst. And Vegas is uh, my fifth worst because it looks like they got a three-year-old to, uh, to do that graphic. It looks brutal.
1: But who is your, who is your third worst? Chicago. See, I love, I like Chicago. So I think it looks, looks clean. I understand what you're saying though, but like yeah. they're, they're, the guys turn backwards. No uh,
0: I pre- the like the Jersey I thought looked clean. It looked fine. I had no problem with it, but the fact that he's rotated backwards and you only see the back of the Jersey when all of the other ones are showing the logo, like, you know, you have to, if you're going to be Blackhawks and you're not going to change the name, you've got to at least
1: you got to, you, you know, suck it up and swallow it and just rep, rep it. And I mean, I personally, I understand why people want the logo changed And you know maybe maybe it does need a more of a a a modern twist to it because it can look there are some versions that look a little bit cartoony. Mm -hmm. Personally, I love the history of the name. I think the history of the name is fantastic, and it would be doing a disservice to you know changing that name. But I think that jersey looks good. Uh, Personally, I I would buy it. Yeah,
0: no problem with the jersey. I thought it looked good too.
1: My only real big issue jersey. Is buffaloes. Oh, okay. And it's not because I don't like it, because I do. I really love that, like the logo, the colors. I think it looks great. I'm just disappointed that it was the alternate from that year. Like they didn't actually do like the buffalo head switch. Mm-hmm. And I think most people were expecting the buffalo head. They weren't expecting like the the swords. It looks sharp. Don't get me wrong. It looks fantastic. It's a beautiful jersey. I was just disappointed with the logo that they used.
0: Yeah. Some interesting choices there. I have Buffalo at 11. So I clearly liked the Jersey. Um, I'm, I'm remembering what it looks like now and I know what you mean. They reversed it. They didn't do the, you know, the Buffalo in the middle. They did the swords, um, coming through. So yeah, that's an interesting change. I like the color, uh, the colors that they went with for that Jersey. Um, I think they were um, and they could have went with the black and red, I believe, like from their old school kind of hassock days. Um, that would have looked cool too. But uh, but yeah, I, I like that one. I Had it number eleven. So, uh, what were your top five?
1: My top five. Okay, so number five, I have the Senators. It's not my. It's it's in my top five. The clean, It's just so clean, classic. It's a beautiful look. I've always wanted a red two D jersey. It will be in my possession within the next couple of months. There's no doubt about it. Number four, this one was interesting. This one was a little bit tricky for me, considering all of them. Uh, but at, at number four, I have the Wild Wing. Uh, I've always loved the Wild Wing logo. I thought that and I was disappointed when the leak came out where it was supposed to be orange, uh, where it was like a white bottom with the orange. I just thought it was disappointing. So the fact that it came out with a white one, I have that at, at number four. Number three, the New Jersey Devils Christmas jersey. I've again, like I said earlier, I love that colorway. I love that entire. I wish they would go back to it, like as their regular colors. So that's number three. Number two is the LA Kings. I, I've always loved the purple and gold. I've always thought that those colors were awesome. The Laker, you know, the Lakers and the Kings both play out of Staples Center. The idea of two teams repping the same colors playing out of the same building. Always, it always fits well for me, you know. It was always something that I enjoyed seeing. So, I got the Kings at number two, and obviously, I got Blasty the Flaming Horse at number one. There is not, there is something about it. Maybe it's just me being nostalgic, and I have really good memories. You know, Kiprasoft, Aguinla, regir those kind of guys. Just that jersey looks so nice, and I just love it so much that, like, hey, maybe maybe it is because it's nostalgic and I have like a soft spot for it. But yeah, that, that's my
0: top five. What about you? What's your top five? Yeah, I love it. I think we have some of the same teams in there. Uh, number five for me is Calgary. Um, yeah, same same thing as what you said. It, it does bring you back um, to those days with Kiprasov and Aginla. Um, so yeah, I, I love that jersey. Uh, I think the lines were a little bit different than what I expected. And it kind of reminded me of the Vancouver, um, the Black, vancouver jersey that they just put out with the v at the bottom um so i didn't put it number one but yeah it had potential the the logo is sick like it just looks perfect um number five calgary uh number four arizona i love that uh that purple that they came out with um and then the you know the graphics at the bottom i think they really went on the creative side with this jersey um, and that's what I love. It's something different. It it doesn't have your traditional lines. It's you know something different, and they use some real good creative elements. Uh, number three, Colorado. I had to give it to them. I mean, I was tempted to, to put them as number one, but Colorado's jerseys um, with the Quebec Nordiques, and and you're going to have Quebec fans that are going to be furious about it. Uh, we've already seen some of that on Twitter. Um, you knew that was going to happen, but. Who cares? To me, it looks absolutely filthy. Um, And I kind of got a kick out of it because Quebec Nordique Classic fans are always trying to steal our team every every chance they get, you know. Oh, you should move Ottawa to Quebec. Well, I like the Colorado jersey, so take that. Uh, St. Louis, number two. I said that before with the red and the blue. I think it just looks perfect the way they set it up. And number one, L.A.
1: Yeah, I mean, I... I I don't disagree with that list. That's a solid top five. Personally, like I didn't have Colorado or Arizona in my top five. I had Arizona. They, they were my top ten. Like if, I, if we were talking top ten, both of those would be there. I was never a huge – like the, the steampunk-looking Coyote logo, I was never huge on it. And I know it, it kind of – it sounds weird because I, I love the Wild Wing and whatnot. It kind of fits that mold. I was just never a huge fan of it. Maybe it was the green. I do like the purple that they went with. I love – That they went out of the box with this jersey. Uh, Definitely a jersey that I would love to have, but not one of those ones that I'm going to go out of my way to get. I think they're going to look really sick on ice. And maybe that's when I'll be like, "Mm, okay, this jersey is fantastic. Colorado, I I think it looks, it just, I love it. I think it's great. I mentioned it earlier. But personally, it's just like, it wasn't the, I think maybe maybe it's the fact that I, I got my hopes up. And it wasn't what I was expecting, so I'm a little bit disappointed with it. But I wish there was more, like, like baby or powder blue. Like I wish there was more of it in the jersey. I did. I I like the white and burgundy kind of colorway they're going with. I just wish there was a little bit more blue in it, just to to give it that little bit of a kick. But you know, that, that's also a great top five, and I think on most people, those are the jerseys. That, those were the jerseys that did really well.
0: I also want to shout out Washington because I think their jersey was sick. Um, They're just outside my top five, and I love, absolutely love that jersey. I think it's one of the best Capitals jerseys that I've seen, and I would love to see Ovechkin wearing that thing.
1: Oh, man, the screaming Eagle looks amazing. Columbus also deserves an honorable mention because I've always liked that old-school logo that they've had, and I'm glad they brought that back. The one team that I'm really interested, though, is um, Dallas. They have that all-white jersey kind of blending into the ice. And there was reports that, you know, they could go on to an all-white look. And all-white looks aren't that great. You know, I think the last team to do all-white was Detroit in the outdoor game. And people were pissed because they blended in with the ice. I hope they don't do an all-white look. And if they don't, I think it'll look good. If they do, it ruins the entire jersey.
0: It's funny because Washington was... Uh, Sorry, Columbus that you mentioned was seventh on my list, like right behind Washington. And <laughs> Dallas is 27th on my list for that reason. I think the white on white, like, and the white outline on the logo, I don't know if you looked at it closely, but it just looked awful. Like, it doesn't flow well at all. And the logo looks like it's ironed on. Like, it just looks brutal. Um, yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. So much potential with that star jersey. To, to make it look like, you know, Mike Medano days, but it just fell off.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, another team that deserves one of like a, a team that is Hartford or Carolina, right. you know, they came up with the Hartford, which isn't surprising considering that they don't have much else to really pull from. And I think a lot of people were expecting like a blue or a, a white version and they just threw in a gray and I think it looks sick. I like the gray The gray, blue, and gray, green and blue, great combination. The gray is the nice shade of gray. It's different. We haven't seen like a really gray jersey in the NHL. Maybe outside of Vegas. Like like outside of that, like, yeah, you have now San Jose's, but personally I hate San Jose's jersey. I'm not a huge fan of that one. I've never been a fan of that style of jersey to begin with. So it's not I'm kind of disappointed in that. But I think like Carolina has done a lot to kind of respect their roots and they understand that they they came from Hartford and they're going to show respect to it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Embracing the Whalers is, you know, it's, it pays homage to that team. Um, And it looks sick too. I mean, that's a classic Jersey. They couldn't go wrong there. Um, They had the layup and they delivered and it looks really nice.
1: One more before we we move on. I mean, we could talk about these all day, but you know, where where do you see? There's actually two: the Lady Liberty, because a lot of people hate the the blue out where they like the collar is the same, like it's all blue, and the Pittsburgh uh, script. personally, I love both. I think they both look cool. I understand people's frustration on the collar. I think Pittsburgh script looks amazing. As much as I wish it was like a white version of like the Robo Penguin, like Robo Penguin that they had. I think the script looks great and it fits into a new, cause like it fits into a great marketing scheme as like, you know, Yager, Lemure those kind of guys are the only ones to wear it. And now you have a whole new, like a whole new generation of stars wearing that kind of Jersey. I love it personally, but lady Liberty, I think it's going to be a hard pass. I don't think it's going to be a Jersey that I want because of the all blue. It looks like a practice Jersey.
0: Yeah. So those are two jerseys that I had ranked pretty, uh, pretty low on my list. Uh, in, in a bad way, I guess. Uh, Pittsburgh, I had a 25. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the the writing jerseys, like when there's no logo and they just use writing. Um, to me, it looked clean with the black and yellow. To me, the white and yellow, it just doesn't really pop for me. And I know you're probably uh, a little bit biased because you're a Steelers fan and they use the same uh, color pattern. Um, so I I get it. Like, uh, I can see why people would like that Jersey. And I think I even put that in, uh, into the comment section when I was, you know, making this piece that, that will be out soon. Um, that I could see why fans would like the Jersey personally, not my taste. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, it kind of haunts me with that SENS that awful SENS Jersey that we had S <laughs> E N S down the chest. It's not to the same degree. Don't get me wrong. Like the Pittsburgh one, is a million times better than that, but it's still bad in my mind. The Lady uh, Lady Liberty, I liked the idea. I thought it would uh, potentially look good. Um, I think it looks too plain. Like, I, I really don't like the overall look. Uh, the, the color contrast, exactly what you said with the uh, navy blue and the navy blue logo, it doesn't go well together. It's not very bold. Um, I think it's a bit of a miss.
1: 100%. I think, there, there's, a, I think there's an even split maybe more 60-40 in terms of hit and misses. But I think a lot of these jerseys might look a lot better on ice. And I think that's the thing is I think, you know, you have, you know, you don't like the script jerseys. And that's fair. You know, I, I'm not a huge fan of it. I wasn't a huge fan of the Sens one. Not a huge fan of the Colorado one when they had it out uh, as their other alternate a couple of years ago. But I think maybe, again, maybe it's just the, the nostalgia thing of it is that they've had it before. It was one of their, like, fans loved it and it just it looks clean and again if it's a one-time jersey i think it does wonders compare and comparatively to their last couple of alternative jerseys Pittsburgh has released this is a huge step up in my opinion
0: i'll say that overall i love these jerseys i think they most of the teams hit it out of the park um i had ottawa at 21 overall on my list and i love the jersey so just goes to show how many of the jerseys i actually loved like you know, a a fair chunk of those jerseys are nice, clean looks, and I have no problem with them. Uh, I think they'll be great for one season, and some of them I want to see permanently.
1: 100%. I think – and I mean, it depends on how fans react to it, right? But I think, you know, the LA one we're probably going to see permanently if they don't decide to go to that colorway permanently. Uh, We're probably going to see the Arizona one permanently permanently maybe the Senators won New Jersey. Hopefully we're going to see permanent. I think there's like 10 to 15 teams, but half the league could end up having these jerseys as a permanent like alternate.
0: Yeah, I think it'll, it'll basically be determined by sales. I mean, if you're selling, you know, Calgary is another one that should keep that Jersey. Um, Cause they're going to sell like hotcakes. Some of these people are going to eat them up. I, I don't know from an Ottawa perspective because they just released two other new jerseys how much the red is going to sell really. But, uh, but, but definitely some of these other teams, they have to keep some of those jerseys around uh, because they, they did a great job.
1: See, I think for Ottawa, it's not going to be a matter of how much it sells as just as like, is it selling comparatively to the black and the red or the black and the white? Because if it's selling, because realistically, most alternates don't sell more than the traditional home Jersey. Yeah. So, You can't really compare it to the home jersey. But the away jerseys don't really sell overly much. I've seen a huge influx in sense jerseys, like um, away sense jerseys. If they're selling more than the away, you keep it at least for another year. I think you're going to see a lot of these jerseys stay for one, two years before you really have a decision on if these are going to be around for, especially with a shortened year, like considering everything considered. I wouldn't be surprised if these are jerseys that teams are wearing in the 21-22 season as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, exactly what you said. If it's selling kind of similar to the away jersey, then you can keep it around. Um, and and I think it has potential too. It's a bold look. It looks really, it looks clean. Like it's it's a great look. I have no problem with the jersey.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, we're going to take a real quick break. When we come back, we will talk, you know, Robbie Urventi, uh, world juniors and our over under and much more so stay tuned thank you for everyone who's tuned in so far if you haven't already subscribed to our youtube channel like our uh comment or follow us on twitter and instagram for more content uh but yeah we'll be we'll be right back after the short break
0: what's up everybody this is brendan this is taylor and we are straight up sabers covering the buffalo sabers for the hockey podcast network that's right. You can hear us every Monday and Thursday on Hockey Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Straight Sabres or follow us on Facebook at Straight Up Sabres. We are very excited to bring you all of the latest coverage of what is surprisingly seeming to be a pretty exciting Sabres season ahead. That's right. The Rasmus and breakout season is here. You can only hear it every Monday and Thursday at Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, we are back. Remember, we are also sponsored by Customized Sports, your one-stop shop for all your custom jersey needs. they got NHL, NFL, NBA, and much more, so definitely head on over to Customized Sports on eBay and customizesports.com. Uh, we also have a contest going on f- sponsored by Customize Sports, Win a Brady Kachuk or a Thomas Shabbat jersey kit. So before the break, we spent the good first half hour talking about the retro reverse jerseys, which is fair because they are kind of the more a uh, big thing going on in the hockey community, outside of the fact that you know there's still talks of being ready for January 1st and you know all that fun stuff. But before we dive into Robbie Garventi, we do have to mention the ECHL has announced that the whole North Division has opted out of a 2021 season, which includes Ottawa's ECHL team, the Brampton Beast. The reason why this is important is Kevin mandalozzi he signed a contract. He, you know, you look at our goaltending situation, we have Decord and Gustafsson in, uh, in the system. Where does Mandelosi fit? Not really sure. But here's, here's uh, Gustafsson's over in Sweden right now. Is there a possibility that we just allow him to stay in Sweden for the remainder of the year, and we run Mandelosi and Decord in Belleville If
0: there is an AHL season. Wow. That's an interesting proposal, Shane. I think that's, you know, that's well thought out. Um, That's not something I would have even thought about, but, uh, but yeah, this is a unique situation. Um, I I think we've been saying that a lot, but it is what it is. Um, And, you know, hopefully they can figure something out for some of those ECHL players. Uh, There is no ECHL season. So that will have an impact on, uh kevin Mandelosi, and hopefully you know they could figure something out for him where he can still uh not at least not miss a year in his development and play somewhere um that's an interesting proposal i think gustafson is also doing very well uh out there so it wouldn't be the worst thing keeping keeping him there getting all the games that he can get because um, of course if he comes to belleville he'll probably slot in behind Decord. So not a bad proposal there.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's 20, uh Gustafson's 22. According to uh, elite prospects, he is sitting at 14 games played with a save percentage of 925 and a goals against average of 220 and an eight and five record in the second division uh hockey league in Sweden. Uh, Hockey of uh, Senken is the, yeah. the division. Uh, so he, he's putting up good numbers. The team in front of him isn't the greatest from what I've seen. Uh, but, it, you know, that that's great numbers for a 22-year-old in, in Sweden. I don't think it's a bad idea to keep him over there and just allow De and and Mandalozzi to run the Belleville team for now.
0: Yeah, the thing with uh, Gustafsson is that he was putting up Similar numbers when the Senators traded for him in that very same league. Um, So it kind of shows you that his development has been a little bit flatlined. And and that's why, you know, players like DeCord has passed him uh, in the depth. But he is 22 years old and he's a goaltender. I mean, some goaltenders don't make the NHL until they're 27. So, um, so he's got lots of time to develop. It's not the worst thing in the world. Uh, and I think it's a good idea.
1: And I mean, I think we also need to remember when he was over, when he came over to, this would be what, his uh, fourth year over Europe? Over in, Yeah, this would be his uh, fourth year in Europe or in in North America. Uh, he played a little bit in the 2017-18 season. And then the 2018 19 and 20. So, this is he would be entering his fourth season in North America as a 22 year old goaltender. He's coming fresh over from Sweden. He is not like he played in the CHL and then went back over because Pittsburgh wanted him and wanted him to be over in Sweden. He has to get used to all kind of American ice. And he reminds me a lot of Hogberg. Hogberg didn't get his start till 25. Similar situation where he didn't play in, the, in North America up until he came over after being drafted from Ottawa. I think we have to be a little bit more patient. European goaltenders take a little bit longer. Pretty sure Lundqvist didn't come over until he was 25, 26.
0: Yeah, and, and Craig Anderson really didn't start taking over as a number one goalie until he was 27, 28. So uh, goalies take time to develop. You've just got to let it happen. Uh, we have so many goalies in the system, too, that I don't think it's, you know, such a big deal if he plays out there for a full
1: season. 100%. Uh, with that being said, we're going to move over to the prospect we cannot stop talking about. And it's, and this is a guy that we didn't even know who, most people didn't even know who he was when he was drafted. And that is Robbie Jarventi. Dude is putting up a clinic over in Liga as an 18-year-old. and. He had another goal uh, today, putting up to seven goals, six assists, thirteen points in fifteen games. Uh, I got the clip uh, for the the goal. Um, let me just run that real quick ruletti So there's two things that I noticed there. Finnish is really really quick language. Holy hell, that guy talks fast. Uh, and two he's a winger playing the center of the ice like a center. I think that's very, very important to show. And that release, that quick release when there's four guys around you, that's impressive.
0: Yeah, that's the one thing I noticed is when you pause the clip just before he scores, you've got almost the entire team surrounding him and he still scores. Like he still gets the shot off and it beats the goalie. Uh, It kind of reminds me of Dadnog clips. Like just watching him... The way he plays the power play, sneak into that bumper spot, and he's got that quick release. and And that's exactly what Dadnov does. He waits for the right moment. He sneaks in ever so quietly. And honestly, I don't know how the defenders are missing Yarventi with that Red Bull helmet. I mean, he sticks out like a sore thumb. He's got the, you know, that wild red flow coming out of the Red Bull helmet. It, it looks fantastic. But I don't know how these guys are missing him at this point. This guy is scoring at will in that league. It's great.
1: Here, like so, there's a lot of clips for for Timmy Stutzel, and the reason why I bring him up is that like, Chuck like say what you want, you know, Pajot played over his head last year. There's questions around Chris Tierney and Colin White. There's clips of Timmy Stutzel putting the puck out front and doing all these wonderful things around the net, and no one finishing it. Thinking about guys like Batherson, Formanton, Balsers, Abramov, and Yarventi and uh, Sokolov. Who could and Kachuk, who can all put the puck in around the net now. It, even if you're Colin White or or Chris Tierney, you're just looking at this being like, man, I if I don't have, you know, if I'm not hitting twenty five points, you know, I'm I'm a horrible hockey player. Like, especially if you're playing top six minutes. If you're like this is, and it's ridiculous because if you were to look at this roster heading into the offseason, you'd be like, Oh, we'd be lucky to get two goals a game. Now you're just looking at it and like, man, there's a potential that we're, we're hitting three goals a game.
0: And that's exactly why I was saying before that I, I don't know how long it's going to be before Brady Kachuk goes to DJ Smith and says, I want to play with that guy. Give me Tim Stutzla on my line because of the simple fact that he's going to pad those goals. He's going to score a ton of goals with someone like Stutzla on his line, feeding him the puck. And and I really don't see Stutzla lasting as a winger. I think, you know, very quickly if he comes over and, and Gary Ock just tweeted something out that I'll mention in a minute as well. But uh, if he comes over, uh, I think it's only a matter of time before they move him to center and he's playing with Kachuk and Dadnov, two players that will absolutely light it up with a player like Stutzla on their line.
1: 100%. And I mean... Um, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what this team does. Like really you have this talent and yeah, obviously they have to prove it at the NHL level, but I don't understand how fans can't just not get excited for this. Like, I don't understand how fans are still sitting there being like, well, you know, this or that. it's like, this team has, yeah, Colin White had a bad year. Chris Tooney had a pretty decent year playing all out the lineup last year. Colin White ended the game, ended the season with 13 points in 27, 28 games. Like, there's reasons to be optimistic. You get Dadinoff. Like, my my biggest frustration with this team or this fan base sometimes is the constant, like, you know, we signed off because we needed to spend money. We needed to spend money. It doesn't mean we have to go ahead and get a top six player. You're, you're complaining that, you know, no one wants to come to Ottawa and then a top six player does. And you're like, well, we have to spend the money anyways. It's like, that doesn't, that shouldn't matter if we have to spend the money or not. We got a top six player. We got a guy who people thought he would go to a contender. He's going to a rebuilding team. I don't know what more you want.
0: Yeah. There's, there's definitely people that are going to look at the senators and look at it from a glass half empty perspective every single time with every single move that they make. Um, And it's a shame. I mean, it it, sometimes uh, those people have the ability to suck other people in. And then, you know, then all of a sudden you have a whole community of people being super negative. Um, And I'm not trying to be, you know, it's not all butterflies and rainbows either. There's certainly some question marks when it comes to the Ottawa Senators. And we don't know what this team is going to be at least this year. But, But we've said it before. We definitely believe. The future is bright. We have one of the best prospect pools in the entire league. Um, And it really is a matter of time before we start to see that um, flourish in the NHL. Um, I'm not saying it's going to be next year, um, but is there potential that they're way better than we think uh, next year? Yeah. That potential is there. If someone like Stutzla, again, we keep mentioning him, but, but I think he's so pivotal in this. If someone like him, is able to transition really quickly to the NHL, then all of a sudden you're adding, you know, potentially a, a 60 to 80 point player on the top line. And that's a huge difference, especially with Dadenov.
1: A hundred percent. And then you have a guy like Balsers who had a really strong year in Belleville after being injured for most of the year. Like if those guys take a step up, there's no guarantee like, obviously there's no guarantee that they do, but, I think we're selling ourselves short. and I mean, I understand you know low expectations means you don't get let down and whatnot, but this this glass half full or half empty mentality isn't good. It paints us like paints fans in a bad picture, bad light and I think we're finally starting to see it. I hope that fans find a reason to get excited. Timmy Stilto gets named captain or not, not uh, get names to the roster gets as signs as ELC. I think a lot of fans are waiting for that. You have Kachuk signing an eight-year deal and named captain, and we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. But, you know, there's things like that that I think fans are still waiting on before they really jump on board. And I think that's the problem is that you have fans like you and I who've really jumped on board already, but there's still a lot of fans who are like, well, we'll see what happens. And they're like, oh, Kachuk's going to walk out the door next year, forgetting that Kachuk's an RFA and that we have his, we control his rights. So I think it's just it's very interesting to see how divided Suns fans really are right
0: now. Yeah, I think realistically, like I'm not even too fearful of Kachuk. Like you said, the team owns his rights. Um, he's not walking away anytime soon. Um, and and furthermore, anytime you listen to Kachuk talk about the team, he seems like the most excited guy about the team. Like he wants to be here long term, he wants to win in Ottawa. He said those very things. I think he believes I I, I think he means what he's saying. he's not just someone who's you know going up and saying things for the sake of saying it to the media um he wants to be the guy, and I think he knows what the future holds for the ottawa senators and yeah, and we've said it before the time to jump on board was yesterday, like we have to kind of move on from the past um yes things things happen that we didn't love as fans um you know with the Carlson trade and the stone trade and kind of tearing things down and going basically going rogue and, and starting new. But uh, but the page has turned now, um, and we've got new jerseys that we asked for. We've got new players that the organization believes will take this team to the next level. And I think the time to jump on board is now.
1: hundred percent. And, I mean, uh, just to kind of change gears, because I we can talk about jumping on board for an hour. Um, I don't know if this is the tweet you're talking about, but Nick Kiprios tweeted out, uh, earlier today that there was a phone call that was happening at 4 o'clock. So while, I, when we started going live, there was a phone call uh, with the NHLPA has an executive board. About 80 to 100 players were expected to take part. Apparently, they want to re- the NHL has wanted to renegotiate a, economic terms of a four-month agreement. Some hint the possibility of the possible threat the NHL cancels the season if the changes aren't meant. I don't think that really happens. I don't think the NHL will cancel the season because that's a whole other Load of issues in terms of, you know, the draft, because this isn't a walkout, right? It's you're canceling the season. Uh, and the NBA has already stated that, like, you know, we're starting January 2nd. You have the NFL that's going pretty strong. You have MLB that's expected to start training camp on time. I don't see how the CFL c- or how the uh, NHL can really afford to not play this year, but it's just one of those interesting things that, like, There's a lot of unknowns at this time that, you know, could affect everything.
0: Yeah, it's not. uh, There's certainly, there's nothing in stone at this time. Um, I I don't see them canceling the season. Um, I think they find a way to work it out. Um, There is some bad news about um, BC banning non-essential travel. Um, So again, there's going to be hurdles that the NHL is going to have to get over. Um, And it's not going to be easy. Uh, The tweet I was kind of referring to was uh, to do with Tim Stutzla. Um, Gary basically just saying that just because he's named to team Germany um, and as their captain, most likely, um, it would be more likely that he ends up in camp with the Ottawa senators as opposed to uh, going to the world juniors, um, which is something that I think we've discussed on here a a few times probably. but. You know, it, it still potentially could be that Ottawa decides to uh, lend him to the World Juniors, to Team Germany. I just think with the uh, the timeline of the injury and the camp opening very early in December for the World Juniors, um, I see it more likely that he ends up in Ottawa if the contract gets done. And apparently the contract talks to bring him to Ottawa are underway. So um, hopefully very soon we have an answer on that.
1: Hopefully. And I mean, and this is my thing of being like glass half half empty because I think we all do it as fans. For me, it's just if it gets done, it gets – when it gets done, it gets done. I'm not going to worry about it. I can't – as a fan, you can't control it. No. You know, I trust that Dorian and and Mannheim have been in constant contact. It sounds like ever, like both Stutzel and, and Dorian want him in Ottawa. If, if it gets done, it gets done. If not, it doesn't, and there's no harm. It's no harm, no foul kind of thing. Uh, with that being said, you know, we have had a lot to talk about, uh, you know, before we get, we're going to get into our over under because we have about 10 to 12 minutes left. But before we do, we, there's been hints of Ottawa naming a captain. DJ Smith has gone on record saying that they're in no rush at the end of the year that he was like, oh, there's no rush. We want to make sure that whoever we name captain is ready for the responsibilities of a captain. And then you have the new jerseys and then you have the Adidas leak of Brady Kachuk jersey with the seat. People are saying, oh, you know, it's just a mishap. They don't think anything of it. Why are there jerseys with the C? How do they have access to those jerseys? Why is there a photo shoot of it? There's no way that's a Photoshop thing. I, I don't believe it. And then you have the release of these new retro reverse jerseys, and they have the C on them in the promo shoots. Personally, maybe I'm a little crazy, But when it's them and Boston are the only two that have released photos of the sea, it makes me wonder if there's really good – if Ottawa's going to name a captain at some point. And it's just a matter of when the season starts. Before the first game, they'll announce Brady Kachuk as captain.
0: To me, the holdout is the Brady Kachuk extension. I think it's concluded to me – in my mind, it's concluded that Kachuk is the next captain. If it was Shabbat, he would have been named captain yesterday. He's already signed eight years. I mean, that they would be waiting for nothing if it was Shabbat. So, to, yeah, to me, the next captain is Brady Kachuk. Um, I think the Adidas jersey leak thing, there's more to it than, like you said, than just a, a mishap. There was definitely something there. Uh, I think the Senators were fully intending to sign Brady Kachuk this offseason. And then with the pandemic, you know, putting a, a bit of a wrinkle into their plans um, only because I don't think Kachuk is, is comfortable signing uh, today. I think the senators are more than comfortable signing him. Um, but I think he, he just wants to give it another season, probably um, pad his point totals because he probably feels like he could have converted on a lot more um, and, and really get the most for his money. And uh, his family is known to, you know, help. In that regard, uh, they did it with, uh, you know, his dad really helped out with uh, Matthew and getting his extension signed. So he'll want, you know, what's best for his son and they'll be giving him lots of advice. And I think we'll see Brady Kachuk as the next captain of the team, but it might take until next offseason when they sign him to an extension.
1: And the thing is, is that realistically, neither person's in either rush, right? Like, it's not a contract that needs to be done. They had other priorities getting guys like Matt Murray dad off making sure you know connor brown and chris tierney were signed that like there were other priorities over signing uh brady kachuk you signed they signed shabat and white together because they're both best friends like it just made sense uh and i guarantee you they helped each other they, they, they were communicative with each other in the process so you know i wouldn't be surprised if brady signs before the end of next season if there is like Whenever that happens, I wouldn't be surprised if it's before the regular season, if it's before training camp. You know, I just don't think there's any rush and we don't need to worry about it. And I think if you're worrying about it, you're worrying over nothing.
0: Yeah, team controls his rights. He's going to get signed. Uh, it's literally a matter of time.
1: Yeah, I think it's just a matter of just seeing what the landscape is. Uh, but, you know, that, that brings us in, you know, to our, our over-under uh, we've done Shabbat, we've done Murray, we've done Dadanoff, we did Colin White. Now we're going to talk about the man of the hour, and that's Brady Kachuk. <laughs> Guy had he led the team in points with 44. I think that we're just we're scratching the surface with Brady Kachuk at this point. Uh, back to back 40 point seasons with a consistent center, either Colin White, Chris Tierney, playing with Datinoff on his wing. I would not be surprised if he is sitting comfortably in the mid 60s depending on how big this how long the season is so the over under though for uh brady kachuk is 57 and a half points in a full 82 game season personally i think this one's a pretty easy pretty easy one but but derek what are you taking on this over under 57 and a half points for brady kachuk
0: yeah this is like the brady kachuk Episode. It seems like we've been talking about him the whole time. But uh I'm going over uh exactly what you said. He's playing with way better players. Um in his rookie season, he played with Mark Stone and put up, I believe, was it more points than he put up last year?
1: Uh I think Let's so. Uh, I think it was like either close or uh, close
0: to 50, I believe, right?
1: I think it was like 48 or something like that, 46. Yeah. I think they're about even. Uh let me check real quick. Forty five. So he put up one less point in the same amount of games with a lot less talent. So you put him you put him on a line with a lot more talent. And if he's healthy, I mean he played all seventy one games, but like you put him on a line with, with Stutzel or or even with like you know <laughs>
0: I, I would be confident giving him at least sixty one points in a full eighty two game season. I think his high danger chances are off the charts. He's always around the net. He's an absolute pest. But when you're playing with much better players, um, and that's gonna be the case for Brady Kachuk, he's gonna put up way more points.
1: He's already he already has two twenty goal seasons.
0: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> playing
1: playing like majority with, you know, maybe below average top six players, you know. I, as much as I think Mark Stone helped, uh, I do Mark. Like, I wonder how many points Mark Stone had with his time in Ottawa before being traded that year. Yeah. He had twenty-two points, or he had sixty-two points. He had twenty-two penalty minutes. He had sixty-two points that season in fifty-nine games with Ottawa, and then he had eleven points in eighteen games with Vegas. So yeah, he played well with with you know stone but it it proved that stone wasn't that big of a deal he had one less point without him
0: yeah brady kachuk even i I remember after mark stone got traded we were all expecting a huge decline in brady kachuk and it never happened like he actually took off as kind of being the guy after stone left um i remember the back after that back half of that season is when Brady Kachuk started really becoming Brady Kachuk, and we were like, wow, we've really got a player.
1: If I remember correctly, he had like 10 points or something like that like after uh he left. I'm going to see if I can find it. When was the trade deadline in that year? Was it like March? It was January or February like 26th, wasn't it? Or something like that.
0: Yeah, like the end of February.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um I don't want playoffs. I'm going to see if I can pull this up real quick and just see if I can. Because I'm pretty sure he also had like 10 points in um, like the remaining half of the season. So let's do that. Uh, yeah,
0: February 26th. He had
1: 14 points from a uh, – 26. He had 14 points in 20 games after the uh, stone trade. Duclair had 14 and 20. You know what's surprising? Brian Gibbons had 14 points. He had the same like Brian fucking Gibbons. <laughs> yeah. had 14 points in seven in 20 games. He had six <laughs> six goals and eight assists. What the hell? Magnus Pajarvi had 10 uh, points in 20 games, in the last 20 games. Colin White had nine points in the last 15.
0: No, like, I remember uh, people wanted Gibbons re-signed because of that. Like, people yeah. were all
1: I honestly, I love Gibbons. I, I was hoping he would re-sign. But, yeah, he had, he had 14 out of his – so he had basically hit 30-some points 31 points heading into that trade and then had the 14 over the last final. So realistically, how much was Mark Stone helpful? Like was Mark Stone really helpful to Brady Kachuk at at, at, that point? I don't know. I
0: I mean, I love Mark Stone, so I'm I'm not going to talk bad about Mark Stone. I think he had an impact certainly on Colin White um, because we did see his production dip quite a bit away from uh, Mark Stone. You could blame it on injury too. But I mean, uh, he had
1: nine points in 15 games. Like, so in five less games, he has six less points or five less points than, than, you know, Brady Kachak. I think that's pretty, a pretty significant, like a pretty impressive number, right? Like you're, you're on par with everyone else.
0: Oh yeah. Colin White had an outstanding rookie season. It was just, you know, last year was
1: the dip. Um, Due to injury.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think we will see Colin White bounce back. I, I think we've said that before too. It's just a matter of what role Colin White is going to play on the team. If he's going to be the top line guy, or if he's going to be more of a you know a bottom six guy.
1: Hundred percent. I just think that like we some fans over exaggerate or put a, too much emphasis on the Mark Stone effect when clearly, you know, between the two players who were supposedly affected the most. In thirty-five games, they had like twenty-three points combined. After Mark Stone left, it's not—it's not bad. It's not great, but considering the the overall state of the team, it's not bad.
0: Well, and and they were rookies. I mean, they really did step it up.
1: One hundred percent. Like I think you know, if we go back to, like, the 24th before and go all the way to the start of the season, um, if it allows me, like, you know, if we go back to the start of the season and see what they do till February, like, Yeah, like, realistically, it was a lot of Mark Stone, Duchesne, and Dezingle. Like, that's really where a lot of the points came from. That was like, that was our top line. Uh, And then you had Tierney, who had 40 points in 62 games. That's ridiculous. How did we we do so bad that year?
0: Yeah, with all those players, Duchesne and Stone and,
1: like
0: there's a reason they uh they decided to tear it down i mean it just wasn't working with the current group that they had and and i mean aside from that that the players chose to leave i mean i think stone and duchene were two players that were given an opportunity to sign extensions in ottawa and they just didn't want to stick around for a rebuild so
1: 100 but just like looking at the the roster that year like thomas shaboff ended with 55 points chris tierney had 48 chris Tierney's Stats dipped a little bit after Stone and Duchesne dropped. Um, you know, Bobby Ryan had 42 points, Colin White had 41. Uh, you know, Mikhail Bobker even had 35 points. Like I, don't know, I think I, don't...
0: I remember like half the season bot was leading in all of defensemen in terms of uh point production through like half of that season. He had a great season
1: hundred percent. And like, I think if anyone who hurt by that was Shabbat, he had ended up hitting like eight points in the last like 20 games. But I just think that the stone effect is definitely a little bit overblown uh, in terms of like Shabbat and, or in terms of Kachuk and White. But it's going to be real interesting to see what happens now that it's really their team. Yeah,
0: I think. It is their team, and I think they did add, you know, again, adding someone like Dadnov, it's going to help them get to that next level. It's kind of the player that they really needed uh, in their top six. He's a legitimate guy in every sense of the game. Like, he can play, um, he could play in all three zones, and he's an excellent player to have on the ice. He doesn't hurt you at all. Um, You know, the same can't really be said about someone like Duchesne. Duchesne wasn't really the best defensively. Uh, Dezingo was more of a flash in the pan, kind of, we got a lot for him um, and he had a lot of speed. But outside of that, I think he looked good based on some of the players that he was playing with.
1: Oh, if you want to talk about a player benefiting the most of playing with a star player, Dezingo benefiting playing with Duchesne that is really the only, that, like that's a player who benefited from playing with a star player.
0: Yeah, that's a better example because we really have seen Kachuk basically thrive on his own
1: hundred percent. And I think it's gonna be interesting, but I think last year with, especially with white, there was a kind of little, like, there was an impasse of like, this is your team, but you know, there's still Peugeot and Tierney. Like I think he's going into this camp as the number one center. I think last year there was a little bit of hesitation with DJ Smith of making him the official number one center with the way Peugeot and Tierney were playing. I wouldn't be surprised that this year he goes into it as the real number, like the true number one center. He stays healthy, and he takes it, and we see a resurgence in Colin white yeah,
0: hopefully that's the Colin White we're gonna see um and hopefully he does take that spot in camp i I again I have him penciled in number one center on my on my kind of pre season lines um so if the season does get going i'm I have high hopes for Colin White if he's up there he's his point production's gonna go through the roof compared to uh, what we've seen last year. And hopefully he can return to that production that he had in his rookie season and maybe even surpass what he put up in his rookie season.
1: Hopefully, hopefully. I mean, it's all we can really do at this point is just hope that these moves have made a positive impact. And there's plenty of players with question marks heading into the season, but you know, it's going to be interesting. Uh, this will be all for this week. Today's episode, uh, you'll be able to catch us live on Saturday at four thirty, uh, back here on Twitter and YouTube. We got a special guest, um, and I, I'm super excited. For this and this all, Derek, he lined this one up, uh, so you know it's going to be real interesting. You'll want to stay tuned for it. We'll announce who it is on Friday. Um, but thank you guys for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to YouTube. Uh, if you're listening on as a podcast, remember to subscribe, comment, like, share. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Let us know what you want us to talk about too. We, we do accept questions, do mailbag episodes and whatnot. Uh, for myself, you can find me at Shane underscore Ryan. Derek, it's uh, DLee075. Uh, you can catch his articles, uh, Senshawn and New Era sends, as well as his voice here. Uh, follow us at Sens, on, Sens underscore hour on Twitter and on Instagram. Remember to follow the hockey podcast network as well. And a special shout out to uh customized sports for the contest. If you already haven't checked it out, definitely go do so on our Twitter and our Instagram. You can, uh, you can uh, enter on both sites for it. Double your chances. Super easy. We'll be announcing a winner uh, in two weeks time, both now. So definitely want to get in on that as quickly as possible. But again, uh, for, for myself and Derek, thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you back here with a brand new episode next Monday.
0: Take care, guys.